the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Woohoo! Welcome to today's show, Hawaii. Aloha and San Diego. Thank you for making our show popular. This is a God thing, and I'm excited today. Today we have an amazing, two amazing guests, um, David Dobbinspeck and Paul Hanosh. And you are going to be blessed, and you'll be able to see how Christians have stayed out of the uh, political arena for two long, and that's why we find ourselves where we are now as a country. Um, but I want you to stay tuned. Don't leave us for the latter part of the show. We will be completing the last several verses of chapter 11 of Daniel. And it's been a great journey for those of you that have been following us. And here we go without further ado. David Dobbinspeck, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I uh, grew up back in Michigan, so I am a Midwesterner transplanted to California, and I've pretty much learned my way around over the years, Uh, really been here most of my life now, and uh, live up in the North County, and uh, have served in a variety of roles. Started in radio when I was 16, part-time. Yeah, Really? Back in Michigan, yeah. Wow. God was good. Uh, All the time. (laughs) Yeah, and you'll love this. When I sat down for my interview with the general manager... The first question he asked out of the gate was, son, are you a Christian? <laughs> Amen. Now, today you'd get, you know, probably fined for asking that right off. But then... Well, we do that here. I, I know. always get, make sure that, we, that who we're sitting with are, you know, know the Lord and your encounter. Awesome, though. Yeah. So after majoring in communications, came out west, went to seminary, got involved in full-time ministry for about 16 years. You were a pastor, correct? Yes, I was. Youth pastor, associate pastor, and then a lead pastor for a church plant. And um, and in, in between that, the Lord pulled me out for three years, and I worked with Bob Anthony to help start K-Love Radio up in Santa Rosa, California. Oh my goodness, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So wow. those were... Now, those were pioneering days, you know. Wow, you know, I love it. Little 250-watt station trying to beam out contemporary Christian music and the gospel message. And now it's, it's you know, of course, all over the world. All over the world. Yeah. So, and uh, then I got into uh, financial services here in the San Diego market. In fact, used to work uh, largely around the county. And, uh, and then I retired or refired about three years ago. And, I, <laughs> and then the Lord gave me a new ministry in writing and speaking. So that's, that's who I am. It's a synopsis. I love it. Um, you, you just said uh, an author, and I, I want to get to it before I forget in my old age. But you wrote a book, um, The Shocking Disconnect. That's right. And there's a, a workbook to it. Can you tell us a little bit about your work? I would love to do that. Can I tell one quick story, though, yes, Adam? Yes, please. And not to embarrass you. No, no, but, please. But you remember the first time we met for coffee? And one of the first things we talked about, you were giving me tips on uh, weightlifting. Oh I, <laughs> my goodness, I yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, you were I was so yeah, I was so impressed cuz you were really working out a lot. It was before you met Cleta. <laughs> That's correct. And, and uh so I can still remember you said you were telling me, do it this way and do this that way. So, you know, <laughs> so thank you. You know, I've kept uh, no injuries since then. Amen. Um, uh, about the book, uh, the, the inspiration really came while I was uh, showing to a, a group of, of believers uh, the uh, Truth Project video series that was produced by Focus on the Family. Oh, yes. Around 2006. We were showing it around 2014. I was um, leading the discussions after we showed the movie. Well, I had to see the movie, you know, several times, so I knew the material well. And it was during that time that this 
personal sense of, I got to do something, because why aren't more Christians knowing these things and responding and living them out with as many millions of Christians? That's correct. Evangelical Christians across the country. The the impact we're making is like dropping a penny in the Pacific Ocean, you know? And um, next to and, and and of course, in my own life, I've met people who, and I hope I don't offend anyone saying this, but who believed all the right things, went to an evangelical church, and yet would vote and support party platforms that are diametrically opposed to the Word of God. I, I'm going to keep it very clear: <laughs> the Democrat Party, I call it the Democrat. <laughs> I'm sorry, I do. Yeah, well. And, and, you know, functionally and realistically, there are only two parties. And, true. And their platforms are way different when you take time to look at them. So I, Correct. I, that's where the idea of how can you say you believe this, you study the Word of God, you pray to God, you're, you're saved, and yet you support with your sacred trust of voting that which tears down the body of Christ. Unbelievable. And, and the work of Christ. So I had, that's where the shocking disconnect that's the disconnect between what people may say they believe and yet how they vote. And, and um, that's really the, the gist of it when I first uh, became passionate about writing this. And I didn't really get started till I retired a few years ago. And then I had the time to really do the research and put it all together. That's fantastic. We'll come right back to this. But I, I know I have Paul as well. Uh, Paul Hanosh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself as well? Well, sure, yes. Thank you, Mr. Adam, for having us on the show. Um, I also am a Michigander, like uh, Oh, Dave. my goodness. And, Come on. Uh, go go blue. David was just <laughs> shocked because he didn't know that. <laughs> well, um, um, I'm not a Lions fan. I just want to say that right off the bat. Um, That's okay. I'll forgive you. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so um, I am... Uh, one of those curious um, people that you mentioned that um, was once a liberal. I started out on the left um, after getting back from the army, um, went to college and was under the influence of uh, communist professors at uh, the, at the uh, city college and, and uh, university. Well, thank you for your service though. Yes. Well, thank you. And, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I like, I love Ronald Reagan, but I was, only hearing one side of the story in college. So I was being misguided and confused. And uh, it wasn't, if it wasn't for alone college Republicans tabling at the university and willing to engage with me and discuss the issues, I might have still been on that, um, that, that liberal path. And wow. so there is hope. There is hope. For Come on. Amen. Friends out there. Um, you know, uh, we have to, keep that in mind. So I got involved with the college Republicans and um, became the state board treasurer and then uh, went on to serve on my school board. Um, Also was the water board treasurer, ran for Congress. And I ran for Congress um, in 2014 on an America first policy, conservative, hardcore uh, America firster. And, you know, that was two years before Trump ran for um, president. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to be rude, but you know, I I think and I strongly believe that you know uh, when we talk about Republican, we're not trying to uh, say hey you have to, but they are the closest to our values, pro life. Um, of course, you're getting some people now into the party that are not. But ultimately, it's pro-life, pro-freedom, pro-constitution, and those things are important. You know, a lot of people forget that, that the Republican Party started from a runaway slave that was apprehended in one of these states back east. And uh, what happened is the, a mob of people went in there and freed this guy, broke him out of jail— And that gave birth to the Republican Party. And somehow, you know, we've gotten lost in all of these years because we've given into this. You know, we've given into death and killing our children and 
and the welfare programs, and I get it. You may be down and out and you're in between a job and you need help, but it wasn't intended to keep you your whole life dependent on government. So praise God, praise God. Go ahead, Paul, continue. Yeah, you know, I I, I agree. Um, I hate it when I'm being lied to by the left or by the right. And I'm just, I'm a yes. truth seeker. That's me. Amen. Come on. You know, there's uh, the American system that you mentioned, um, which is what the Republican Party stood for, was a third way between the vulture capitalists, you know, free market, uh, free traders, and the and socialists slash communists. And you know, both of those systems are based upon Darwinian evolution uh, and survival of the fittest. That's correct. You know, they 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 pit one group against another, and it's and it's all class conflict. But the third way, the American system that the Republicans represent, is based upon a Christian concept of loving your neighbor. Amen. Come on, loving your neighbor. And so, you know, the working class and the business class work together for the benefit of the country as a whole. And that's really what the American system is all about. Beautiful. And, uh, I, I would. I didn't learn that in college. I learned that from you know being involved with uh, you know conservative groups. They taught me about the American system. No, and you're right. That's what happens when uh, when we you know send our kids to uh, to to Roman schools. Uh, what do we expect to get back? Roman soldiers. <laughs> that's right. what happens. You know we. Where where there's a disconnect there, and the government is not right now, especially now with our current administration teaching you godly principles. But let me get to uh, to David again. David, um, you've been a pastor, and um, I, I believe you still are, because once a pastor, always a pastor. Uh, this this book, the shocking disconnect. What was one of the most, uh, in this book that you wrote, what can people get this book, by the way? Uh, both books are available on Amazon.com. Both and, books. Yep, and they can uh, just type in Shocking Disconnect, and uh, the books are not on the same page on Amazon. They're two different pages, but they can find them both if they toggle around a bit. That's fantastic. So what was one of the most shocking uh, things when you started doing your research and wrote this book that just kind of rattled you when you in your research. One of those was the degree to which our founding fathers um, utilized, knew, studied, and quoted from the Bible in their writings as they were preparing for the revolution, then as they were putting the Articles of Confederation together, and then ultimately the Constitution. Um, I mean, I knew that many of them were Christians. I didn't realize how many were serious Christians, how knowledgeable, and they, they run circles around a lot of people today that are leaders, and, and yet the Bible was by far the most quoted source for how they put our government system together as a constitutional republic. And I, I just thought, wow, wow, have we ever strayed off course. So when you said serious Christians, what does that mean to you, especially in the culture that we live in right now? Well, what I realized from reading a lot of the original uh, sources, they, you know, they're not as familiar or they wouldn't be familiar with what some of the terms we used, like conservative evangelicals, they, they didn't talk that way. Right. But, you know, what I'd heard over the years was, oh, most of those guys were deists. You know, they really, you know, it was just a formality. But when you actually read more of their original writings from their letters and their articles and from the Federalist Papers, you realize, no, these guys had a very genuine relationship with God through Christ. And when they talk about religion and morality being the two foundational pillars of our, our constitutional republic. They didn't mean Hinduism, not, no offense for any Hindus listening. They, they, they meant Orthodox, Protestant, well, just, just Orthodox Christianity. We'll leave it there. And, and so it's, it's very clear that it was the Bible they used as their primary source. Amen. I, I believe that America has been blessed, even with us going astray right now, because of our founding uh, uh, 
constitution and and the preamble and everything that literally came from those early settlers uh, that love the Lord, love the Lord and escape tyranny to for and started this great country that sometimes we uh, are not grateful mm-hmm. and we stray away and, and we wonder why things are happening. So let me ask you, uh, Paul. Um, you're actually, were you actually born in America or were you born in, uh, in, uh, in Iraq? Cause you're Chaldean. I am of Chaldean ancestry, but I was born in Detroit, Okay, um, amen. which is why, which is why I'm not a Detroit Lions fan. <laughs> uh, I know them well. I know them well. Um, but yes, yeah, so my father came to America in 1952 to avoid the religious persecution that was going on in Iraq. Against Christians, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. he felt it was not a place for a Christian man to raise a family. And so he decided to, they saw that he was a smart guy, so they raised some money for him and sent him off to university at Wayne State University to become a biologist, a microbiologist. And um, so that's um, that's where where I, I come from. Um, but, uh, I'm all American and, uh, my mom was, uh, uh, from Michigan and several generations going back. Um, but I believe in this country. It's the last best hope of mankind. And Amen. I want to make sure that my daughter and future generations have a, a place that is that beacon on the hill that, um, so many people around the world are coming to, to avoid, the chaos and and hate and division that is in their home countries, and that's what uh, my father was. Amen. You, you know, when I excuse me, when I when I think of America, I think you know America has been a beacon to the world. I personally believe that when America falls, the world falls. You know, if we're not leading, it's it's chaos, it's socialism, and and just madness. Now. What are you doing to literally promote um, our great country and having uh, people know that there is hope uh, even within the Christian church? Because you're, you're a Christian. You love the Lord, and, and I am so grateful for that. Um, what are you doing, uh, Paul, to engage the, the, our community, to engage our our morality and where we're at now as a country. I'm a teacher. So I believe in educating Christians and other conservatives about our duty as, as biblical citizens to be involved, to be engaged, to be salt and light, to actually love your neighbor, you know, and, and part of that. And uh, I read Dave's great book, the shocking disconnect. He talks about, uh, you know, no more Mr. Christian nice guy. Part of the thing that we need to do. <laughs> wait, wait. You better explain that because <laughs> we're supposed to be kind. So I want you to explain that. Or wait. Yeah. Let, I will. Oh, I'll let Dave. I'll let yeah, Dave okay. So let that, David but. explain that real quick and then we'll come right back to you, Paul. You put me in the, Paul, in the hot seat, <laughs> you know? Uh, basically, uh, I heard somewhere someone say that the 11th commandment is thou shalt be nice as Christians. <laughs> and. Unfortunately, I mean, again, because Christ calls us to be full of love and compassion Amen. and care for people, but they they sort of twist that or apply that to the meek, nev- the meek with weak. Yeah, they exactly. <laughs> yeah, they confuse meek with weak, and so then they think, well, I better not speak up or you know be part of an an you know a rally or something because that could come across as being mean spirited or hateful. But unfortunately, you know, we've got that all messed up. Amen. There's a way to be bold and loving and truthful all at the same time. And unfortunately, too many in the church have been cowered into silence. So we need to step up and speak out. Amen. Okay, now back to you, Paul, now. (laughs) You know, Pastor, the the word nice is nowhere in the Bible. Um, It's a word that was invented in the 14th century. That's correct. So um, the, the, the word that used to describe Jesus is kind. Amen. Come on. Between kind and nice. Absolutely. And and so that's what we need to, we need to be. And so part of that 
And that's why they killed him, not because he was a nice guy, but because he was willing to confront um, the powers that be of his day. You, you know what you just powers. said right now? I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off. But Jesus confronted the political leaders of his time. People don't understand that. The scribes and the Pharisees were like the ruling party underneath the Romans. And they actually answered to Rome. And the people answered to the Pharisees and to the scribes. So, yes, Paul, you have an event coming up. Tell me a little bit about it because we have five minutes. And I want to make sure that I get back to David as well. Absolutely. So we're going to be holding a political leadership training at the Cross Church in Oceanside on Saturday, February the 10th. We're going to be having Senator Rand Paul's lead presidential campaign consultant, Kirk Shelley. He'll be doing the training. And um, if you're interested in uh, coming to this training, we still have some spots available and we'd love to have you. Highly recommend it if you want to be involved and active in uh, your community, this is the training for you. It'll teach you tactics of the left in order to use them against them because they work. They, they, they do know how to be effective, and uh, that's why they're, they're winning the cultural war. Amen. So how can, how can people find out more about this event that you're putting together? So if you would, if you would uh, just call me, you can reach me at 760-672-9572. One more time. One more time. Say that number. All that information, 760-672-9572. Okay, that's beautiful. David, let's come back to uh, to where you're at now. You're a pastor. Um, you've We actually worked together, like you said, uh, 10 years ago. Oh, gosh, it was more like 14. I was think. it more like 14 yeah. years ago? It was, huh? When, yeah, it was about 14 years ago. Yep. So, But we haven't been going to the same church, but I am glad that— you are waking people up because not too many people are doing it. And what people don't understand is if, if the church stays quiet, evil will reign. That's exactly. Yeah. Of course, that's the whole point of Eric Metaxas's excellent book, the American church in the 20th century. Wow. You know, or 21st century or whatever, but he goes through that. Um, yeah. I believe that in Matthew five, especially verses 13 to 16. I call that the salt and light mandate. and Or you can call it like Chuck, uh, Chuck Colson did. He called it the cultural commission. And I see too many churches driving a wedge between the great commission, evangelizing and making disciples, and the cultural commission. And I don't see anywhere in Scripture where that should be bifurcated or, or competed against. They should be blended and integrated together. And I try to do that in my book. Amen. So again— how can people get your book and tell us the title of your book again? It's called The Shocking Disconnect. I have a reading book, and then I have a follow-up 12-week small group Bible study guide or adult discussion group for your church. Both are available either at Amazon Books or you can go to, uh, you can go to uh, The Shocking Disconnect or just shockingdisconnect.com. That's my website and you can go right from the website directly to either of these books. So they can go to your website by going shockingdisconnect.com. Mm-hmm. .com. Shockingdisconnect.com. You have to get this book. David is an incredible man of God, and, and so is Paul. I, I love these men, and it, it you know somehow people have walked away from politics because they, they believe the church should not be involved, but the church has always been involved. Jesus was the prime example. You have, we're going through the book of Daniel. Daniel was one of the greatest political leaders of our historical world as we know it. That's right. And so we need to stay connected. Give us a a, a word of encouragement, David. Well, there's certainly no reason to lose hope. We know how the story ends, thanks to the word of God. We know that our God is great and almighty, but he calls us to be involved, and we can be involved in various ways to help protect our freedoms. Amen. Uh, Paul, give us the word of encouragement. Well, um, if you, there's a third way that you can get a hold of this book, because Dave will be at this training on February the 10th, and he'll have his book there. Amen. And, uh, so when's the I, training again? The training is on February the 10th. at uh, It's an all-day affair, 9, 9 to 530. Um, and I just want to leave with this quote from 
one of our founding fathers. Duty is ours. Results are God's. Amen. We will be right back. Thank you so much, guys. We love you. You better come back in Jesus' name. Woohoo! The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just had two incredible guests, David Dobbin Speck, and he's written a phenomenal book, The Shocking Disconnect. And you need to pick up his book. And we also had Paul Hanosh, who is involved in getting and trying to get Christians to see and open their eyes to where we're at now in time. And I I believe it was perfect. The interviews were amazing. And I'm being so blessed right now. I'm getting my book signed from David Dobbinspeck. But we're in Daniel now. And and it's it's a it's a phenomenal uh, way to to go into this book now because Daniel was one of the greatest political leaders. And as we read chapter eleven, if you remember, Daniel is now uh, about two years into his retirement. Some people believe a little longer. It could have been up to two and a half, maybe three years, but we know at least two years. And he went on this fast, and that's what was the message last week. And and God gave them this incredible revelation about the preceding kings that were going to come after Darius and Cyrus, and he nailed it to the T. And that's the reason a lot of modern-day uh, non-biblical scholars or people that view this will tell you it's impossible that— No one can tell the future. Let me tell you who can. God. God. That's exactly what happened in this book. God used Daniel to bring an incredible message. And as we start this, I want to remind you that in 33, um, we see that there was a prophecy that was going to be later and many days later. And in 35, it says, to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. And as we start verse 36, it's incredible. The world now is in chaos. And and let me tell you why. I want to kind of give you a little bit of background as to where we're at now. Um, We now see our world crying out for world leaders. You have the World Economic Forum who is pushing you know, a depopulation who is pushing climate change, which is ridiculous. And they speak about the ocean floor, the ocean rising, and and that's a lie. When we look at certain places and the way we measure, it's the same. It hasn't risen a quarter of an inch yet. And so as we continue, I also want to remind you, you got the the who, the World Health Organization, and all these people are just, they're all crooks. They're, uh, they're all leading us in this crazy uh, farce right now and pushing towards a one world government will, where eventually there will be a world leader. And so we see it happening now. And there are many other world 
organizations that are now uniting. And these are unelected bureaucrats, people with money, people that think they can tell you and I what to do. So here, without further ado, verse 36 says this of Daniel chapter 11. And the king shall do according to his will, and he will exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that is determined shall be done. Now, I want you to know that this isn't anything new as we look here in in Thessalonians, we see something crazy that Paul spoke about. And he spoke about this guy that one day is going to rise and say he is God in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. But I want to read that to you. And if you have your Bible handy, you can follow me. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it starts off like this. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor any letter as from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. He says, I want to keep you informed. I want you to make sure you know that the day of the Lord is at hand. Now, during this time, the Thessalonians actually thought they had Missed the rapture. And then as we start reading, we Paul gives them, through the Holy Spirit, some events that must take place in the latter days. Let no man deceive you by any means that that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Except there is a falling away where people are just leaving the faith. But there's something incredible that happens. Because in the last days, we, we will see a great revival. The Bible speaks about, but there's also a falling away of those that were probably raised in the church that were never really committed, that are just falling away to the wayside. And the mud, and the son of man revealed the son of perdition. This is what's going to happen. The son of man, uh, the son of perdition when he's revealed. But check this out. It says, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship so that he is God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know that withholdeth that he might reveal in his time. What is withholding it? It's the Holy Spirit within believers that is stopping this from happening now. Seven says this. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth. Now, that word letteth has evolved as we get letter, but what that means is delayed. Now, so if you want to read into it, it says, only he who now delayeth, let him let, or let him delay it until he be taken out of the way. It's the Holy Spirit in his people, when he's taken out of the way, when he's moved out of the way, when the church is caught up. Now, God is omnipotent, so of course the Spirit of God is everywhere, but it won't be in believers no more because the believers are caught up. As he spoke in his previous chapter, that the believers are taken. And to meet the Lord in the clouds. A lot of people say, hey, wait, hey, wait, wait a minute. You have it all wrong. It's a second coming. Now, the second coming is a little different because he lands in Jerusalem. He lands. He comes down. He sets ground. And he takes over. Boom. Takes it over. Bam. And then it says, and then shall the wicked be revealed. When this happens, the wicked shall be revealed to him. The Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and just destroy with the brightness of his coming. And that's what happens at his second coming. He literally sets them down. He revelations speaks about him being put away for a thousand years. Revelations chapter 19 and 20. But as we get back to Daniel chapter 36, it says this. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. 
Now, some people believe that he's speaking about Christians, but right now, if we're looking at it biblically and accurately, he's speaking to the Jewish people. That's who Daniel is. That's who Daniel is speaking to as his revelation is being given to the God of his fathers. He won't regard the God of the Jews, and he is the God of creation, nor the desire of women. Now, this is an interesting verse. Others, some people look at it and say, well, he's just not really going to like women. But that's not what it's saying here. What it's actually saying is that he will not not like women intimately. He will like men intimately. He's going to be a homosexual. You're like, are you shocked? Look at the direction of our country now. Look at what's happening. Look at the mutilation of our children. And now the child and the teachers can overrun or overpower with more authority than the parents do. They can take the child away and say the child has a right to live out his life happy. Man, a child can't even drive until he's 16. He can't even buy alcohol until he's 21. Can't join the military till he's 18. But you're telling me that a child has the authority or the right to change genders? It makes no sense. Church, we need to wake up. But that's who this Antichrist is going to be. No regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. Above all, he's going to say he's God. And he's going to do this in the middle of the tribulation. Now, Revelation chapter 13 gives us a little insight as to what happens. Revelation 13 is right at the middle of the tribulation, the great tribulation, seven years. It's three and a half years now. 13 says this, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns upon his horn, ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and the mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority to the beast. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed, and the whole world wandered after the beast. Zechariah also speaks about this Antichrist, this beast, being wounded and then coming up and becoming, I'm healed. So everybody's amazed that he's able to go through this. And look what 4 says, and they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? The Antichrist, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months, three and a half years. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God to blasphemy his name and his tabernacle and them that dwelt in heaven. He says he's God and he becomes blasphemous and says he's God. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, you can read the rest of the chapter, but that should be enough for you to say, whoa, this is going to happen. And I, you heard me earlier speaking about all these world organizations and how they're rising to power. They're unelected bureaucrats. Klaus Schwab. You know, uh, Bill Gates, and, and I can go on with the list. 38 says this, but in his estate shall he honor the God of forces and a God whom his fathers knew not, not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. He honors himself. He honors this statue that he sets up in the temple um and he this temple idol that he sets up in the temple in the future when this new temple is rebuilt 
begins to speak, and we can see that in Revelation chapter 13, and they give him homage. Remember, we read uh, in the previous chapter where this one guy rose up, Antichrist Epiphanes, and basically was a forerunner of the Antichrist. Now, a lot of people believe that this part that we're reading now is the same it's just referring back to this abomination of desolation that took place in 31 when Antichus Epiphanes sacrificed a pig, put blood of the pig all over the temple and set up a, an idol of Zeus. But there's an event that's going to happen that's coming in the near future that Daniel is speaking about now and whom Jesus reiterated when he says in Matthew 24, 24, 15, and against confirms that what Daniel said is going to take place. Remember, here we're looking at, you know, 400, 300 years later when Jesus shows up on the scene and he gives this prophecy. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, Matthew 24, 15, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him under Stan, he wants you to understand that when this takes place, whoo, we are there. There's three and a half years left. The church has already been with Jesus in heaven for three and a half years. There's three and a half years left of history. This guy has just deceived everybody. The spirit of strong delusion that comes upon the people. And you can read that in Second Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And so when we pick it up in verse 39, it says, Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, shall divide the land for gain. He divides the people. The the Jewish people are protected by God for the last three and a half years. And 40 says this, and at the time of the end, shall the king of the south push at him. This is probably the Egyptians, the, the Muslims that are not happy that this guy says he's God in the temple. You can already imagine the Muslims are furious. And so they come up against him. And the king of the north shall come up against him like a whirlwind. Whatever is left of the Russian army, because they had already attacked Israel uh, before that, three and a half years prior to that, and were unsuccessful because fire and brimstone came down from heaven and basically destroyed them. But they muster up an army. They come up against Israel with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships. He shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, into Jerusalem, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of the hand. These are the Jewish people that escape. These are the Jewish people that are hidden, who God protects, even Edom and Moab, which is modern-day Jordan. That's why people believe that This is where the Jewish people will run to the last three and a half years when the wrath of God is poured with the vials and it's going to be horrific. So he protects his people and the chief of the children of Ammon. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold, of silver and over all the precious things of Egypt And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. They're going to come as well. But listen what this says. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. So you have all of these warring countries that are coming up. Therefore, he shall go forth with great fury to destroy and to utterly and to make away many. So he just in his fury, he... He comes out and he he says, not going to happen. He's possessed by the devil. And he shall plant the tabernacle of his palace between the sea and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end and none shall help him. None shall help him. He is going to be completely 
overrun, and it's going to be glorious, and it's going to be beautiful when that begins to happen, where the Antichrist goes down, goes down, and can't get back up, and he is locked up, like Revelation 19 says, where he is chained up in the abyss for a thousand years. Now, listen, church, if we know that at this point, every prophecy that Daniel spoke about with 100% accuracy, why wouldn't we believe that what is coming is going to happen with 100% accuracy as well. Jesus is coming. See, our world is set up right now where we can see that a world leader is about to rise. He may be alive now. I don't know. What we do know is for the first time in History, we see that world organizations are coming together and to say, we can do this. We're in control. But let me tell you that that is nothing but pride and arrogance and demonic activity because It's going to be fulfilled. There's going to be this Antichrist. And as soon as the church is gone, there's going to be chaos. And somehow he brings this false peace with Israel and all the Arab countries and the rest of the world that is in chaos. And everyone's looking at him like a great leader. And that's exactly what Daniel is speaking about now. And that should revive you. That should get you on fire. That should be enough to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. And make me brand new. Be my God. Be my Lord. Be my everything. And that's all it would take if you are a non-believer. To be part of his church. To be part of the great rapture. The getting caught away. The snatching away. You know, we get the word rapturo from the Latin. Which was translated from caught up. Which was the word, the Greek word that was used was harpazo, which means getting caught up. That day is coming soon. And for you who is already a believer, know that God is blessing you and encouraging you when you hear a message like this because it's coming to pass and we see it forming now. And there's no greater time now than to stand up for the gospel, to stand up for righteousness. It may be that this window of opportunity could be extended a little longer for the unbeliever. And it may be that you will be the greatest light to be able to shine on these dark times that we're living in now. Get involved. Get out and and be part of, you know, a great revival. But it starts with you and I. It starts with one person. It starts with you saying, God, use me. I believe 2024 is the year of the Lord. Now, I'm not prophesying that Jesus is coming back this year. But what I am telling you that this is going to be a great year for the believer. 
This is the time where you will see blessings like never before. Come to Jesus. Give your whole life to him. Now I will have my wife, who's part of the woman of the word, closes in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father, that you've given us your word to encourage us and to equip us for the times that are ahead. And Father, I just pray right now that each and every one of us will take that call, the Hanani, here I am, use me, Lord. And Father, I just pray for all the listeners today that you would bless and protect them on the journey that lays ahead. In Jesus' name. Woo! That should have revived you. Listen, if, if you want to do anything for this ministry, pray for us. Pray for at the cross. Pray for freedom with Adam Riojas. And if you want to help in any, any, any other way, seek the Lord on this. We want to make disciples of all nations and be obedient to that call. Woohoo! God is good. Jesus loves you. And so do I. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on KPraise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy Associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at the cross oceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.